This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. And it's a game day for the New York football Giants, or a game night, if you prefer, because in about 90 minutes from now, you're going to get the Giants and the Niners from Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, and a tough assignment for Big Blue, let's face it. And the Giants are banged up going into this game. We know that. And it would be a tough assignment for them, even if they were healthy, because for my money, this Niners team is the best in the NFL. And the Giants are really going to be put to the test in this one this evening. So we will be all over it, as you would expect. Our buddy Jordan Renan is going to join us a little bit later on at 7.30. Yeah, Jordan was supposed to join us last night, right? I'm not talking out of both sides of my head here. He was supposed to join us last night. It didn't happen. He was having some cell signal issues out there. I don't know where he was. But Jordan is nice enough to honor his obligation, so he's going to join us later on in the program, and we're going to take away maybe from his pregame mealtime. So (laughs) he's a professional, that Jordan Renan. So we'll talk to him a little bit later on. We'll do our first installment of the Behind Enemy Lines feature as it pertains to the New York Jets, who are going to take on their arch rivals, the New England Patriots, coming up on Sunday and hoping to snap a 14-game skid to their rivals to the north. So Greg Bedard from the Boston Sports Journal, and a Rutgers graduate, by the way. No bias there. Uh, He is going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock, right when the Giants are getting underway there against the San Francisco 49ers. So we got a jam-packed program for you here. Harvey and Joe, our pals, are along for the ride, producing the program this evening. And you can get me on Twitter, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. I guess, I mean, if you're still paying attention to the baseball as well, we got the Mets and the Yankees both in action tonight. Yanks are at it at the stadium, a Garrett Cole start. And who knows, this could be, you know, at the most, he's going to get, what, two more starts the rest of the year. If he has a good one tonight, maybe decide to shut it down and, you know, cut your losses and, you know, hopefully just be conservative and, you know, hope he goes into the offseason healthy and into spring training because, after all, you know, he is a big, big part of this baseball team as the Yankees try to avoid the sweep at the hands of the Toronto Blue Jays, who, of course, are competing for a wild card spot. The Mets are going to begin a series tonight down the turnpike in Philadelphia, their final road series of the season, the first of four against the Phils. It'll be David Peterson on the mound for New York. And, you know, with the weather supposedly the way that it is this weekend, you know, they're saying that it's going to rain cats and dogs on Saturday all day and night, maybe even bleed into Sunday for the Jets-Patriots game. Who the heck knows? But the baseball teams, who are both playing out the string, essentially, can you imagine if they get a game rained out and then they're going to have to try to squeeze in a doubleheader and give up an off day in the final week of the season that you just can't wait for it to be over? That is going to be brutal for these players. But uh, we'll see if Mother Nature is going to cooperate or not for them here over the next couple of days. But we'll do the Giants here at the start because they got themselves the big game tonight. And look, as I said a couple of minutes ago, Giants were going to have their hands full even if they were 100% healthy for this football game, which they're not. When you think about Saquon Barkley, Andrew Thomas, Ben Bredesen, okay, those are three starters on your offense right there including your most important player in Saquon. Then he got Aziz Ojolari, one of your edge rushers, out for this game as well. All right, San Francisco is a beast. This is the best football team in the NFL as far as I'm concerned. You got Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Well, all Mr. Irrelevant has been able to do is win every single football game that he has started and finished for the San Francisco 49ers, the exception, of course, being the NFC Championship game last year where he got knocked out. But he started nine games, he's finished nine games, and the Niners have won all nine games. 
He's got a guy in the backfield in Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is undefeated in every game that he has started at the running back position for the San Francisco 49ers. And you want to talk about tough sledding tonight. And if Barkley's not going to be playing, this Giants team, at least on the offensive side of the ball, might be reduced to being one-dimensional. Well, you look at the Niners' defense, they've gone 30 consecutive games with not allowing a running back to rush for 70 yards. This is going to be tough tonight. And Daniel Jones, look, we thought that he took a beating in that game against the Dallas Cowboys on that opening Sunday night at the Meadowlands in the rain and the wind and, you know, why was he in the game until the very end? I got a feeling we might be sitting there tonight at about 10, 30, 11 o'clock asking ourselves the same exact question out loud. What is Daniel Jones doing in this football game still? Because I know the Niners are about a 10-and-a-half-point favorite at last look for this game tonight. I, I, I would be very surprised if the Giants are able to cover that number and if the Giants are able to keep this thing even at single digits because the Niners are that good and the Giants are beat up right now, right? This is a tough assignment for them. Throw in the fact that it's the Giants' home, or excuse me, the Niners' home opener tonight. Place is going to be hopping a little bit. Fans are going to be feeling it. And that's what stands into this football team. But I go back to the game Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals, and I cannot stress this enough, just how important it was that they were able to rally and beat the Arizona Cardinals to get to 1-1. One and one. Because as I said back on Monday, if the Giants lose that game to Arizona, they're 0-2, and it's going to become 0-3 by the time Thursday night is over. Because you got San Francisco next on the schedule. Now, all right, it's not ideal, but if you get out of San Francisco at 1-2, and two, then you got 11 days off before you got to take the field again, and you got the Seattle Seahawks coming into your building, which is going to be a very, very big football game. You know, I don't think the Giants are winning the NFC East. Do you? I don't think the Seattle Seahawks are winning the NFC West. Do you? So both of these teams, their best hopes at trying to qualify for the playoffs this year are going to be via the wild card which means this game coming up on Monday night or a week from Monday night at MetLife Stadium, that could be for tiebreakers down in January if both of these teams are knotted up for a playoff spot. So that is a huge, huge football game. And you know what? If the Giants could get that one and get to 2-2 two and two here, I say job well done. It's not ideal, but you take it. And this is going to be one of those games, right or wrong, where all eyes are going to be on the quarterback again. And he doesn't have a lot to work with tonight. I know he's got Darren Waller. He's got a couple of those wide receivers. But I just fear that Daniel Jones is going to be running for his life tonight. Now, if I'm Dayball, I'm sure they're going to try to get some zone reads into the playbook tonight, as they like to feature with Daniel Jones. Get him on the move. Get those legs working a little bit. Because... If he's a ball carrier, yes, he absorbs himself to punishment, but at least he's not in the backfield as a sitting duck when the offensive line gives way. You know, if I'm a betting man right now, I would like to think that Daniel Jones might finish the game as the Giants' leading rusher because no disrespect to the guys like Matt Breida and Eric Gray and, and whatnot, I, I just don't know if there's going to be a lot of real estate on just conventional run plays. But if Daniel Jones goes out there and has a tough night at the office, 
I don't think that this is going to be one of those opportunities where critics of his should say, oh, told you he's not that good. Told you he's not elite. Told you he's not worth all that money. Think about what he's going up against and think about what he has at his disposal. In essence, Daniel Jones is showing up to a gunfight tonight with a slingshot, right? Look at his skill position talent that he has versus what Brock Purdy is working with on the other side of the field. Like, you can't sit here and tell me that Brock Purdy is a more talented quarterback than Daniel Jones is. I won't believe it. Daniel Jones has ability. He's very talented. But so often in sports, and I talk about this all the time, where a player winds up and what team he plays for and what system and at what time on the calendar of, of you know, the development of the roster, that's going to aid his development more than anything else. I was actually, believe it or not, having a conversation about this very subject today with a player in the Jet locker room who shall remain nameless for anonymity purposes. But they brought up Brock Purdy. They were the ones that shot it out, not me. But Brock Purdy, perfect example. Guy hasn't lost a game yet. Why? Because he ended up on a really, really good football team as the last pick of the draft. So all he had to do was come in and mind the store. And he's getting coached up really, really well because Kyle Shanahan knows what the hell he's doing when it comes to developing quarterbacks. And he's got a great defense, he's got a great offensive line, got a great run game, and he got weapons at the wide receiver position. What more can a young player ask for? Because last night on the show, think about how much time we spent talking about the saga in Chicago with Justin Fields and how much of a debacle that's become. You know why? Because it's not that Justin Fields isn't talented and it's not like he doesn't have ability, it's that the Chicago Bears don't have a freaking clue. So I don't know how schooled up you are in in mathematics, but if you have organization that doesn't have a clue, coaching staff, which has not garnered a reputation for developing quarterbacks, add that with a very, very talented player, you're not going to get the answer that you want if you're that franchise, right? You can even make the case that Daniel Jones, earlier in his career, right? Was he necessarily being coached up the way that you would want him to? The offense that, let's say, Jason Garrett was running in New York once upon a time with Daniel Jones, did that utilize his skill sets? Did that put him in the best position to be successful? To where over the last year plus, now we're starting to see a guy who was a top 10 pick in the draft once upon a time actually yield some positive returns for this franchise, right? There's a lot of things that go into being successful. It's not just about one player. So while we sit here and spend all this time talking about the offense and the Giants and what they could do, well, I've been talking about this all week too. How about the defense, right? When are they going to start to do their part? Because they've allowed the most points in the National Football League through two weeks. The run defense, which was a sieve for them last year, and supposedly was something that was going to be shored up in the offseason with the bodies that they brought in, especially on that interior, and all the money they gave Bobby Okereke, the run defense has been gashed, especially in that game against Arizona. They don't have a sack yet. They haven't forced a takeaway yet. That is a lethal combo that you don't want to have as a defense, especially going into a game like this against the best team in the National Football League. So this one's not going to be easy tonight. 
Not at all. And I know that you don't want to wave the white flag. You know that the guys in that locker room, the coaches, the players, they're not waving the right white flag, and they're not going to be surrendering anything, right? But you and I could talk about it. We could talk about being realistic because we're not playing in the game. We don't have a dog in the fight. I mean, if you're a fan, if you're a Giant fan, you can say, well, here's what I want to see. Here's what I want to see. Just looking at it as objectively as possible. I want the Giants to come out of the game as close to intact and as close to being in one piece as possible, meaning like the guys they take into the game, they want to actually come out of the game in one piece, don't suffer any further injuries. And number two, go out there and you know what? Play with a little pride. Don't look like you're going through the motions. Don't let it get a, get out of hand like that first game did against the Dallas Cowboys, which was an embarrassment. Right? It was an embarrassment. Don't let that happen tonight on national TV. Or else Al Michaels is going to be up there complaining, you know, why didn't we get the flex scheduling going earlier in the season as opposed to whatever week it takes shape? Because he's not going to want to sit through that game. And then you're going to have to hear Al complain in the third and the fourth quarter about how awful a game it is. Let's talk some Giants. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll talk to Jordan Renan coming up at about 7.30. Get a live look in at Santa Clara and how things can possibly shape up tonight for the Giants. We'll be all over the Jets and the Patriots, of course. We'll get the Patriots side of things, and they're pretty banged up here. Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal is going to call us at about 8 o'clock. Get into a little juicy, juicy expose on the athletic on the New York Mets and how the season maybe went south for them in a lot of different ways. And one former Met in particular kind of calling out some dudes on the team, some of his old former teammates. Oh, I love the juicy stuff. I love the gossip. I love the drama. Don't you? That's what sells. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Jeez, I'm getting a lot of backlash already from Giants Twitter because I said that the Giants are going to be hard-pressed to win this game tonight. And Daniel Jones is missing some weapons, including his number one weapon on offense and his best offensive lineman. I mean, I, I don't know. What, it, what do you want me to do? You want me to sit here and say that the Giants are going to win, that the Giants should win this one by 30? I mean, they'd probably have me committed to the nut house if I said that, but I, I, don't know there, I don't know any other way to say it. You know, Giants are going to be up against it tonight. If they win the game, great. Great. But 
objectively speaking, I, I don't know how anybody could look at this game and say that, yeah, the Giants should win it. <laughs> I mean, come on. All right, let's get some calls up here. Tony in Middletown is going to play leadoff here for us at 98.7 ESPN. Tony, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. So here's what's, what's going down. Here's, here's the problem what I have with uh, what you're saying is, mm-hmm. first off, I don't know. I don't. I would say Quan the number one weapon. I mean, I don't. I don't see him going out there just destroying destroying the uh, competition. Yeah, we're down our left tackle. That's big. But we so, so see who, who the who's next the man up we- is. Tony, Tony, who's the number one playmaker yep. on the Giants? Who's been the number one playmaker on the Giants for the last what since he's been in the league? Daniel Theopolis Jones. Okay, <laughs> that's our number one playmaker. Okay, so we need him to go make plays. But I mean, come on now. We got, we got. We, if we have a running back uh, that's that's gonna run, you know, go out there and run angry, then that's already an upgrade from Barkley because Barkley sure don't run to the line angry. Okay, so we got to see what we got. We got to go out there, play, compete, and finish the game. And if we do that, hey, guess what? It'll be a good showing. It'll be a good so, night. So we'll so, see. So, Tony, Tony, stay with me for a second though. What do you mean that Saquon don't run angry? What does that mean? He runs to the he runs to that to the to the to the offensive line weak, okay? He does he he does not go to the line like an angry Adrian Peterson, Pacheco, uh, you know, you, you, you name a lot of running backs. He he kinda, you know, dances up to the line. if if we have an angry runner to the line, I guarantee you're gonna see better results. Even even Goldman ran angry to the line like that. Okay, so did, if we get did, to, you know, was we'll, ba- we'll hey uh, Tony we'll was was Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith angry runners? Well, I, uh, uh, Emmett Smith had an all world O line that oh, made him a Hall okay. of Famer. I don't know if it was so. There, so there's a qualifier there. If you have if you have a good offensive line and you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, you don't have to run angry. You could run with a smile on your face and you could say hi. How are exactly. you? To people when, when, they open up, when they open up five five yard holes like the Dallas Cowboy line did, you know any average running back could have did what Emma Smith did, and you you could watch the tape on that. Okay. Okay. Tony, I appreciate the phone call. I, I do. And, and you know what? Thank you. Thank you for calling. Seriously, because I got a kick out of that. <laughs> oh, those are those are the arguments we used to get into, like when I was in high school. Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith. And I was a Barry Sanders guy. I was a Barry Sanders guy. But like all the people that threw shade at Emmett Smith throughout his career was because the Cowboys had all this talent on that offense. Right, You had all the Pro Bowl offensive linemen. You had the Hall of Fame quarterback in, in Troy Aikman. You had the Pro Bowl fullback in Moose, who was the lead blocker. You had Michael Irvin on the outside. You had Alvin Harper. You had Jay Novacek. You had all these guys. So, you know, Emmett Smith was there to basically just, like, pick up the scraps just because, you know, the defense couldn't keep their mind focused. They had to worry about all these different people on offense. And so that's how Emmett Smith was able to become the NFL's all-time leading rusher <laughs> by accident. <laughs> By accident. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So that means, like, by that logic, then, and, and, and the dude was special anyway. I mean, Walter Payton, think about it. Walter Payton was the, the leading rusher, and he didn't have as much talent around him all those years with the Bears. Tremendous. Like I said, I'm a Barry Sanders guy, but I'm still trying to figure out, like, Barkley doesn't run angry. Like, I don't know. Do you have to sit here and, and have a certain temperament when you run? How about just churn out the yards? People forget about, too, with the running game, not having Saquon. I mean, Saquon's a valuable component for this team, even in the passing game, right? He's a check-down security blanket for the quarterback. 
That's a big, big absence here. I mean, you guys, you guys are glancing over Saquon like you're ready to throw him out with the bathwater. Like, oh, well, you know what? The Giants didn't want to pay him. He's a running back. He's worthless. He's, he, he isn't worth anything to this team. He ain't going to be on the team next year anyway. Ah, oh, so we don't need him. Cool. Let's say hi to Griffin in Connecticut. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Griff, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Dan? Griff, I'm outstanding. You sound a little down. What's the matter, Griff? You doing all right? No, no, I'm not down. I'm doing okay. just fine. Excellent. Excellent. What's on your mind? No, not um, yesterday, Dan, when you said I'm going to a basketball game instead of watching football. Yeah. Well, Dan, I, uh, I'm a big uh, Sabrina Ionescu fan. I've, I've watched her my life, uh, my whole life at Oregon. When she was at Oregon, I went to UConn, uh, the women's game, when I thought they weren't going to beat Oregon just because she was playing. And I wanted to see her play. I, I've been wanting to go to a Liberty game all year. I was going to go to one when they were up here playing the Suns, but I was on vacation at the DR, and we just got back late that that week. So that's why I'm going. And it's also week three, so I feel like it's Yeah, but football, okay though, here's the out. thing. Here's the thing with football. When you say it's only week three, remember, Griff, you only now you only get 17 of these things, right? That's what I mean. It's, it's, it's just dismiss it as a week three game. You only get 17 games. Each one is huge, don't you think? Yeah, but I, I feel like I'm also I'm also off to a two and zero start. Well, so you, you got to make it three and zero. But you're gonna you said you're gonna be DVR in the game though, right? Yep. Okay. So let me ask you a question: Where does Sabrina Ionescu rank? If you had to make a list of Griffin's favorite athletes in sports, where does she rank? I don't know. Maybe up there with Steph Curry. So Steph Curry, Sabrina, I ask you, what about somebody on your beloved Saints? No? I loved uh, I love Kamara. Okay, you love Kamara. What about Jimmy Butler? Oh, yeah, and I'm a Tyler Hero fan. Oh, you're a Tyler Hero fan. What about Drew Brees? I mean, you're, I mean, Drew oh, I Brees like, is I like the same. You love Drew Brees, okay? Yeah. But Sabrina's there, and so she's she playoffs Sunday. You're going to be there. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So, what do you think about this Giants game tonight? I I don't um I don't I don't think they're going to win, but um like Harvey, like you said earlier. Harvey, lock that down for us, please. There we go. All right, Griff, you're locked. Go ahead. Like you said earlier, um, it's not about if they win or not. It maybe going out there and playing hard, fighting, try to try to look good. This it, there's no way in God's green earth this can look like for a Giant fan what it did on Sunday night against the Forty uh, ers It might where that was murder city. It might. It might, you know what it is, Griffin, and, and I thank you for the phone call, my friend. I'll hopefully hear from you tomorrow before uh, your big uh, play- playoff game that you got there on Sunday. This isn't an anti-Giants feel, right? That's not what I'm saying. It's more a pro 49ers type of a lending of support. This team is good. They're really, really good. I don't care what the Cowboys did to the Giants and the Jets. I don't care how lopsided those results are. If you're asking me right now who I'm going to war with, who's the best team in the NFL, it's the 49ers. I picked them to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year, and I'm sticking to it. This was going to be a tough game for the Giants regardless. They are good. They're really, 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 really good. 
800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. And I'll tell you something right now. I'm almost willing to give Daniel Jones a pass tonight because of what he's missing. Like, if that Niners defense, which is ferocious, if they smother the giant offense and they can't get anything going, I'm not going to come on the radio tomorrow and say, oh, you know what, Daniel Jones is overrated. Daniel Jones is tough. No. I'm going to think exactly like I already feel about Daniel Jones. And I like him. I am a supporter of Daniel Jones. It's the defense tonight that I want to start to see something from. You know? Would it kill you to go out there and actually turn the ball over, force a takeaway, help out your offense tonight, steal a – you know what? How about some even some trickery? Steal a possession for your offense because that's what it's going to take tonight to beat this team. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. I'll tell you, I was just reminded too. Tonight's September twenty or September the twenty first. This is the anniversary of the first Jet game I ever attended as a kid. Believe it or not, and it was a classic. And s- yeah, there you go. So let's do some math. This was fourteen thirty seven years ago, September twenty first, nineteen eighty six, and it was a classic game. Jets Dolphins, week three. Dan Marino, Kenny O'Brien shootout. Jets win in overtime, 51-45. to O'Brien hits Wesley Walker. It's one of the classic games. And believe it or not, that was the first one I ever attended in person. My father took me. And here I was as a naive little kid thinking, oh, yeah, all these games are going to be this exciting. <laughs> all, all, these, all these Jet games are going to be just like this. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. They're going to win at the end. Little did I know. <laughs> Little did I know. But it was a hell of a game. I remember like it was yesterday. And, oh, my God, was it fun. I mean, I even got a copy of the game. I'm sure you can watch it on YouTube. It's all on YouTube. But, I mean, I, I had a copy of the game all these years later and still watch it every so often. What a what a thriller that was. And imagine being somebody like Marino, who, of course, was you know an all-time great, having the afternoon that he had and to walk off the field with an L <laughs> just because, you know, Miami's defense was uh, not so good, which is one of the reasons why Marino never ended ho- uh, up hoisting that Lombardi trophy because he never really had a defense that was worth a damn throughout his brilliant, brilliant career, among other reasons, of course. All right, when we come back, we'll continue these phone calls here about the Giants, and also we'll sprinkle in some Jets. I was out there at Florham Park today doing what I had to do for the game on Sunday, and maybe, just maybe, there could be some changes in store for the lineup on Sunday. Daniel Theopolis Jones. 